Sakalaka. Hello and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast, the definitive 90s rock radio podcast. My name is Pete. My name is Jonas. Oh no, uh, my name's Bob. How you doing, Pete? I am, uh, I'm all right. Chilling. Doing my thing. What about you? Me, me too. Me too. Um, it has been a uh, snack light time for me. Um, uh, the, my favorite bakery is closed for the uh, winter months, um, which is a good thing because it, it's that uh, actual scarcity. Like when something goes away, but then comes back, you're like, oh, God, I missed this. You know, so grand marketing scheme. Good job, them. Um, I did, however, eat a uh, like a pretty good cheese Danish today. Okay. So, um, like, like one bite it'd be a seven, and then another bite it'd be like almost an eight. So I was feeling good about it. Um, That's pretty good. What about you? Any good snacks recently? Snack update. Um, let me see. Uh, it was my wife's 40th birthday the other weekend. Hey, so I got congratulations. A bunch of, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. So I got a bunch of catering for her. Ooh. We had a little party. Yeah. So I had so much uh, bake, or uh, what was it? It was, um, what the fuck? Lasagna leftover. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I have uh, been eating lasagna for like a week and I'm really tired of it, but it's almost gone now. Um <laughs> And we had like yeah. a cheese plate Ooh, and there was oh. so much leftover cheese that I was like, do we like, we can't eat all this cheese really, but we can't just throw all this cheese away. So we came up with a plan to make a huge thing of, uh, macaroni cheese because we can like freeze it and just save it Ooh, you know, smart, for a later smart day. Move. Oh, that's a really smart idea. Wow. Yeah. Cause you can't do it. It's too much cheese. Spent like a hundred dollars on fucking cheese. You know what I mean? So too much cheese, man. It's too much cheese. So um what else? There was another snack update though. Fuck, I forgot. Damn. It was it was a good one too. It was a good snack update. Uh, well, we are always in search of tracks, but uh well, we are always in search of snacks, but we are also in search of tracks. And you can follow us on social media at trackspod at on Instagram and Twitter, and you can send us the best emails to trackspot at gmail.com. And we also like five-star ratings and reviews, but only five stars. So uh, keep that up. We really appreciate it. Um, seen a few recently. So thank you. Um, what I was going to say is I spent $50 on Girl Scout cookies today. That's my snack update. I keep meaning to. I keep meaning to. But but I keep seeing these ones of, of friends of mine who are far away and you got to get, you can do digital orders, but there's a certain date where it has to cross. So I'm still waiting for that. Uh, so, um, so friends of mine with small children who live states and states away, I want to support you and not these scumbag local Girl Scouts. <laughs> these tr- awful. No. Um, also, any of my friends who are local who are selling Girl Scout cookies, hit me up. I'll, I'll, I'll support that. I, uh, what's, what's your um, go-to Girl Scout cookie? The uh, Samos, Samo, Samoas? Samoas. Samoas. Is it? I was going to say samosas, but it's no, Samoas. Samoas but yeah. <clears throat> speaking of samosas, there's a good Indian food spot we got to hit um, in Eatontown. Oh, hell uh, yeah. I don't know if it's newer or older. Or I just missed it, but... Nice spot. Hit it not too long ago, so we got to go meet up there. Oh, let's um, go. I didn't even know about that. I go no, to the one in Middletown. Oh, maybe that's the one. It's on thirty-five. On thirty-five, yeah. Oh, maybe maybe it's that one. Maybe that's it. But either Macora, way, it's good. Macours, something like that. Anyways, it is good. We got to go there. Um, yeah, Samoas are a go-to. It's uh, that's the best one. Um, I was a thin mint lifer, but then hit Samoas and can't even look back. Like a thin mint, still a nice little little cookie but it feels really quaint compared to a samoa at this point. for sure yeah thin mints are dope i mean thin mints a lot of the time i'll use them as like an ice cream topping yeah yeah that's you know that's the you jam. crunch those bad boys up yeah well here's the trick too if you've never frozen a thin mint ooh, oh that dude that's the move yeah what a treat what a treat you know what we might need to do is make thin mint like mini ice cream sandwiches Oh, using yeah. the Thin Mints as the, uh, you know, the cookies on the outside. Oh, good some call. Some might argue, some might argue, wait, what about the chocolate? Yo, when they're frozen, it's going to be, it's going to be okay. You get a little chocolate on your fingers, that's just cost of doing business. 
That's true. <laughs> Got to deal <laughs> with it. It's what are we it. talking about today? What are we talking <laughs> about today other than freezing thin mitts? Well, we're going to talk about a little band called Weezer. Mm. Put out an album called The Blue Album. Self-titled, but everybody calls it The Blue Album because yeah, it's, that's uh, true. it's their blue album. Um, that's true. <sighs> Uh, Pete, I got a lot of things to say about this band and this record. Yeah, there's a lot to say. First thing I want to ask, I got a question for you. What's that? Did you know that Weezer was formed in Los Angeles, California? I didn't know that. No. Me neither. They don't feel like an LA band. I would have assumed they're from the Midwest somewhere. And they're not. And I think there's a lot of weird assumptions about them that hopefully we can clear up, debunk, or at least uh, undermine at the very least. Pete, first, I already asked you one question. Let me ask you a second question. Are you a Weezer fan? Uh, that's Ooh. such a hard Ooh, question. It's complicated is the it's, answer. It's, oh. really, it's, it's really complicated. All right, hold um, on. Let's, let's start it easily for both of us. Let's start from easy and then go to hard. Uh, have you ever considered yourself a fan of Weezer? Yes, hundred percent. Um, do you currently consider yourself a fan of Weezer? Yes, no, or it's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah, I, nah, not so much. But that doesn't mean I don't like this record. Uh, so we're we're gonna get into that. Why don't you go all the way in? Tell us about these complications. Got into them pretty much right when this came out. You know, they were all Same. over MTV. I was buying all the CDs that, you know, anything that I liked, I'd buy the CD. Same. Picked up the Blue Album, liked it a lot. Picked up Pinkerton when it came out, liked it a lot. Uh, liked it more as time went on. Um, now feel very nostalgic towards both of those records, but also never reach for them. Um, Did you feel like when they released the Green Album, they pissed in your mouth? Honestly, I didn't really. I, I, I thought that it sucked, mm-hmm. but I thought there were also some low-key hits on that record that I really mm-hmm. liked. Like Hashpipe? Not like Hashpipe. How about Island in the Sun? <laughs> Not like that one either. No, no? <laughs> oh, wait. What about, what about the Red Album with the song Pork and Beans? Dude, I went as far as Maladroit, though. So I went to the album after the Green Album. Yes. And that record has tracks on it that I'll stand by to this day. Okay. I didn't make it to the Red Album. Although... Oh, did you make w- it to the the single Beverly Hills off the Make Believe album? Dude, that's... That record was actually the moment where my heart like truly broke. I remember yeah. <laughs> listening to that when it came out. I was living, living in California and I put that record on and I was like, this is fucking awful. This is so bad. I like oh, could God, not even I just wish they it. were going back to the days of... I got my hash pipe. Dude, whatever. They have shitty songs here or there, but like so there were tracks many, on that record. So many. So, but All right, so, anyways, my, so my point is I'm a fan and yes. I fucking, I was defending Weezer at a point where it was like very uncool to defend Weezer. Yeah. Um, but at a certain point, you just, you can't, you got to give in, you know? And uh, for me, that moment was make-believe. So, uh, yes. So, um, I'm excited to talk about this record too, because I just, (laughs) I think this is going to be fun. I I think this is an interesting band, interesting record. Uh, I think there's a little bit of rewritten or, uh, washed history. So we get to talk about that. Wait, Um, so get, but give me your background. So you, Oh, Oh, so yeah. I mean, like, like almost every middle school boy, I, I thought Weezer rocked in 1994. Um, was all in right away um thought but it was you, really cool yeah but you bailed uh, on green album I, I think pickerton is good and then when the green album came out it literally felt like um is it the orphanage movie the the, the like please sir may i have a little more <laughs> and rivers cuomo just bent over and shit in my hands <laughs> Like, I think Green Album sucks. Uh, I just think the energy around it was so lame. And I, I thought there was a pretentiousness to it all of a sudden that sure. maybe I didn't understand. I think that they intentionally 
pushed themselves into a space that their fans had created for them, which is something I'm going to get to next. Uh, but also like this weird egotism to ego thing with this record that just is really off putting. Um, and that's not to be shitty. I, I, there might be tracks on there. I just have the worst taste in my mouth from the energy around the record. I, I just thought it was like, wait, this is this band. There's, they had lost every single ounce of edge to them that i mean that's a fact yeah yeah right like and and i may be as a middle schooler with the blue album i probably believe them especially upon review now to be a lot sharper than they actually were and i want to also admit we should have seen the green album coming that's one of my, my big thesis statements here we should have seen it coming there's some hints and nods and we'll get into it. Do you remember there was like a rumor going around at the time? And I have no idea if there's any validity to this, but mm-hmm. when you bought the green album, the CD, you know, like the, the, the left side of it is clear. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, if you looked on the edge of it, it said, I O U <laughs> maybe it doesn't anymore, but at the time it did like the uh-huh. first press or whatever. Sure. Um, and, I remember there was this big rumor at the time that Weezer put that IOU there essentially to say IOU a good record because like the green album had been pushed out. Like as the story goes again, I I don't know if there's any truth to this, but the story at the time was like, you know, they essentially were like their, their hand was forced to put out a record. These were like these songs that they weren't super happy with, but they had to get something out. So they put that record out kind of knowing that it wasn't their best. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the fuck, but I I remember that. I'm not surprised by that. I look, um, there's also all these demos that were done between the time of Pinkerton and the green album. Um, I believe I actually was at a studio, um, as a young person around 19, um, on the East coast that had recorded Weezer demos, uh, that had never gone anywhere. Um, that were not the green album. Uh, but we're something totally different and um, yeah um, so yes it's a I, uh, interesting thing I'll say that I have a that might be they toured in 2000 and they put out like early internet shit they put out like a download from their website I think it was just called summer songs of 2000 mm. and uh, it was basically just demos that they yeah. were working through before the green album <sighs> Yeah, I remember this is like funny. Just we've been friends for twenty five years. Shit. Yeah. Um, I uh, I <laughs> saw Weezer. I think it was the year two thousand actually. Uh huh. At the Stone Pony, so it was before the Green album. Yes. And they had kind of disappeared for a minute. Like yep. nobody knew what was going on with them because I think Pinkerton was what like ninety six maybe. Pinkerton's ninety six, and then they did a full tour on Pinkerton, but then it was like done for a, for a couple years. Like yeah. done, done. So this was like smaller kind of venues. Stone Pony is not that big, and it was just Pinkerton songs, Blue Album songs, and then like a few new songs, and then like all the good B sides like Suzanne and like all these songs mm-hmm. from you know the Mallrats soundtracks and whatever. Yeah. Um. It was sick, and you and I hung out the next day, and I had like my shiny new Weezer T-shirt on, <laughs> and, I, and, and, I, and I remember you being like, "Oh, cool Weezer shirt." <laughs> I'm sorry for being a dickhead. Um, no, yeah. it was funny. I thought it was funny at the time. <laughs> I'm sure you knew my energy with it. I yeah, of course, <laughs> I totally did. Yeah, and then we played some basketball, and I totally sucked, but that was fun. That's right, we did. It's okay. Uh, my my speaking of my parent versus teacher basketball game, I would invite you to, but it's completely sold out, which is insane. Oh, I saw um, that. Hell it's yeah, sold out. It's crazy. Um. So, anyways, I um like. It, it, This must be what it feels like if you're married to someone and then you have a like a divorce where it's like, yo, I don't even like this person. Like, fuck them. Ugh. Yeah. But then it's time and it's 
years and it's like okay there's a fondness for the time spent together and yeah there, that was a good trip to you know the rodeo that one. Oh yeah we had a nice time in that apartment okay but then you see them like on the local news and they're like a uh, local used car dealership man arrested for stealing at a 7-eleven and you see it's like your ex you know and you're like fuck man oh that's a embarrassing like like what is going on like it's that's how i feel about weezer like yeah i have this middle school fondness like pre into music in a really heavy way for the blue album record i listened to a lot at the time um and then pinkerton uh which maybe deserves a revisit on this podcast but i've revisited separately yeah um but I really think what happened after is like abominable and almost like parody of what they were. And maybe is it fair for me to say that? No. And might they have some tracks? Yes. And is it fair for a band who had a song called Buddy Holly to write songs like Hashpipe and Beverly Hills? Yeah, it's not totally out of the question but like yeah. for some yeah, reason the they're there if, yeah like you for, said. for some reason it pulled away so um one other really big thing i wanted to to say looking at weezer's wikipedia i want you to give me a yes or no with these genres that they are listed as being associated with okay <laughs> alternative rock Yes. Yes, yeah. No question. Power pop. No. Pop rock. Uh yes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially going later and for better or worse, yeah. Pop punk. No. Geek rock? I mean, who falls in the category of geek rock? I have no idea. If someone wants to tell me that's weezer, I'd be like, okay, you used you made up a t- I make up music genres every day that's fine geek rock yeah right emo definitely not thank you very much yeah (laughs) so this is an alternative rock band um i believe blue album and pinkerton especially held a place much like for you and i to many people including a lot of people who did underground music or independent indie rock and emo bands, you know, as early as the late nineties, like shortly thereafter might've said, yeah, you know, we just really like the blue album and this and that, you know, but let's not confuse the history books of Weezer being some power pop or like garage rock band or like indie, like, this was a mainstream band from Jump. Yeah. This was a pop rock band from Jump. They were alternative for sure. And I will actually even make some comparisons to things in this. Like if in my head I was like, oh, I could say that Weezer is to alternative rock as the replacements were to punk music of the 80s. Sure. Um, and I'd feel comfortable saying that and be like, you know, like you could nudge it as far as something like Husker Du is to punk music of the 80s. But I feel yeah. like the replacements are a little bit more uh, in stride with what with the energy of what I'm saying. But like placing Weezer as a pop punk band or power pop or emo, that's just revisionist history. We're we're that's we're on two different things. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like that's not what it is and despite the fact that they definitely have been kind of hugged by those worlds and embraced that doesn't mean that they were from or of that world at the time and i just think that gets really that messes up the dna of this and i think it throws people's perspective um and i think that's just something to understand and please go in and co-sign this as far no, as you no, can. i i mean i i co-sign i i think that it it would be easy if i had no context for any of this right and i had never i don't know i wasn't alive in the 90s if i was born in the late 90s or something right 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 and you're and you're, and you're kind of going back through all this stuff it would make sense to me to listen to a record like pinkerton and be like oh this 
kind of falls in line with a lot of that emo music that I've been checking out. Like that tracks to me, but yeah, it was from a completely different world. And at the time it would not have been considered like emo in any shape or form. Right. So like, yeah, I'm with you. Although I, I, but I can see, I could see how someone that wasn't around at that time would make that comparison. So I don't know, but yeah. Exactly right. I but, can, but it's but it's only Pinkerton. So it's funny that like Wikipedia is saying that it's emo because that's the only there. There are like moments on Pinkerton that I think you can make that comparison. And outside of that, they're just like this rock band. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, yes. Um, that's 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 my biggest things with this. And I, I think when you pull back all that stuff and then say, all right, all right. Um, erase whatever nonsense you've seen of Weezer of the past 20 years. Um, which, by the way, the uh, make-believe record is closer to 20 than it is to 10. It is about to be 18. It is 18 years old this year. 2005. That's right. crazy. Right. So so just chew on that. Um, this record, released in 1994, uh, is almost 30 years old and to say that it hit why are we talking about this because like a few of the records that we've talked about recently especially records from the 90s when this came out it was like a punch in the stomach to whatever else was going on the singles hit huge huge yeah. buddy holly was you couldn't you, you fall on it in the grocery store it was, it was so big yeah um and it immediately became a record and in my opinion stands as one of the notable records of the 90s like this is a like if you want to understand the 90s this is one of the records you should this is probably in the 10 records you should know definitely in the 20 sure yeah i feel that what do you think um, do we do track by track Let's go track by track because I think we're going to re- reveal a lot of things. Yeah, it'll all come out in time. There's so much to say about Weezer. Very complicated band. I got to say, when you said uh, when you were talking about the Green Album and yeah. how you felt when it came out, I mean, I felt that way with Make Believe. But man, when I saw photos of them uh, on their most recent tour, I think they did like a stadium tour with Green Day. Hmm. And uh, yes, they did. Rivers Cuomo is playing like a flying V and he has like a handlebar mustache. I was like, I hate this so much. I like, I couldn't even like look at the pictures. It like made me sick. Look, there, there's, <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm trying desperately to bleach that out of my brain so we can talk about this record, which, you know, spoiler, I like at the very least, um, without barfing about the existence of the rest of it you know so so let's go let's go track by track peace first song first song first song my name is jonas my name is jonas such a strong great opener it's heavy it's catchy it feels really competent but kind of amateurish and it's like it's really lovable for that reason um the outro is sick it's a great song 
What do you think? What do you got on it? Uh, I think it's great. I just think it starts really strong. What's interesting is I didn't know before this listen through in sessions that Rick Ocasek produced it. Yeah. The cars. I kind of want to go through a little bit of his um, discography, for lack of a better term. Um, but yeah, like it comes in big. Um, but I almost think it serves up some of the best elements of the band, and I think it was a well thought out decision to have this be an opener. Um, is this their? <sighs> it's not their biggest riff song but it, it comes in hard with the guitars and i love it so yeah, yeah. great song dude by the way I'm, you just made me click on rico k6 production credits this is nuts let's hear it it's, it's kind of blowing my mind suicide yep bad brains rock for light mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah uh I knew suicide that one. way of life uh <laughs> i didn't i actually did not know that one i don't know how the fuck i didn't know that uh, Weezer, the Blue Album, he did Bad Brains Again, God of Love, Bad Religion, The Gray Race, Not a Surf, High Low. Um, <laughs> wow, we got to do that did, Not a Surf record at some point. We've done a lot of 90s, but we should do that record. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Jonathan Richmond, he did a Jonathan Richmond record. He did a Guided by Voices record in 99. I knew that. Um, yeah, interesting. Do we need to start? Let's see. I didn't know he was involved with suicide like that. He did a lot of suicide and Alad Vega Man, records. R.I.P. Rick Ocasek. Yeah, for real. Yo, the cars are sick. Yo, the f- the cars, cars self titled. Like, Great. I-, I was talking to somebody about it. Like, even a casual listener knows half this record, whether they know it or not. Oh, for it's, sure. It's just dude, hits, hits on, on hits. hits. Yeah, dude. Um, I bought that. I bought that LP. There was, you know, this these these stores no longer exist. Um, on Route Thirty Five in Eatontown, actually. Oh, uh, there, uh, CD World or whatever it was. No, no. There was a video store. It was <sighs> one of those video stores that had like the X-rated videos in the back. You go Hell through yes. the little curtain. Hell yes, yes. And uh, my friend had just turned old enough to buy pornos and wanted to go there to buy a porno, so we went. <laughs> And uh, they had they had literally one box of used LPs on the table. So while he was like in the back room doing his thing, I was flipping Scoring through the, the records porn. and I bought the cars for a dollar there. Hell, I mean, worth every cent of that. Yeah, great record. Still got it. Um, yeah, I, I uh, uh, I'm spending that tomorrow in order. Um, so in honor of Rick Ocasek, R.I.P. Uh, my name is Jonas. I just think it it hits hard, harder than a lot of the record, to be honest. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think not that it unduly sets you up for the listening experience, but like, but on top of it, I think Cuomo's vocal strength here, he shows some range. Um, there's more strain in his voice here than on some of the tracks. And that's something that he loses on later records. Ah, I got to forget about all that stuff. <laughs> on the best parts of this record, there are elements of desperation, which is all I want from an angry, loud guitar music record. This is not fully an angry, loud guitar music record, but it hints at that sometimes. And you can hear that expression in his vocal strain. Does it on this song? Does it on Undone? Does it on Say It Ain't So? So yeah, um, yeah. This is an excellent song. Um, next track, no one else. Um, great, super catchy song. Kind of weird incel lyrics at this point when you listen back, but um, uh, yes, it's like meant for teenage boys under the age of eighteen. So like that makes sense to an extent. Um, but I think it's a catchy, great song overall. Good follow up to the first song. What do you think? I like I like the tempo. I like that it moves. It gets into swooshy Weezer, mm. which is like the. <laughs> um, I'm fine with it. Uh, doesn't stick to my bones, and you you mentioned the, the content wise. Um, hints that this that part of this is the calculating for the audience. Um, and uh, yeah, it's more befitting a 14-year-old, but maybe we're overlooking the fact that in 1994, 14-year-old boys and 25-year-old boys were not that different. 
That's true. And he was, I'm looking now, he's born in 1970, so he was like 23 probably when he's yep, writing this 23, song. 23, 24, yep. Yeah. Uh, a manlet, as some people might call him. <laughs> uh, the world has learned and left me, or the world has turned and left me here. Um, a better song title than song, in my opinion. Okay. Go in. Tell me what you think. I mean, this one, I, this is like last week we did Rancid. This is tough, man, because I got so much nostalgia for these songs. I like this song a lot. Um, all these songs bring me back to a different point. Um, well, so this one has the singy song element, like... Dun, 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 I like dun, the kind of droniness of it. I, 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 I do too. I, I And I like how it breaks out at the end. Um there's a tonality between the guitar and the the droney vocals that, yeah. that plays well. But I got to be caught in the right mood to like this outside of nostalgia. Because you're right. And nostalgia, this song was one of the songs. This was like maybe not my favorite deep cut, but right there in my the non-radio hit songs on this record I really liked. Same. Yeah, so, for sure. Um and I think it's actually aged better than the other deep cuts I like. So, okay. Buddy Holly. What do you say about Buddy Holly? It was one of the biggest songs of the 90s. I remember getting so tired of this song. on the, Especially on the video countdown, it was always number one for like two two years, it felt like, for such a long time. Yeah. Um, had to really put it on the shelf for a long time just because it was so ubiquitous, right? Yeah. I think that's the second time I've used that word this week kind of get a that that's good word yeah but i think that's the max you got it twice a week is max that's a max um (laughs) really good catchy fun weird vocals uh guitars are big enough for the grunge crowd um felt at the time weird and angular compared to most of the grunge stuff yep uh like the build up in the guitar um like the woo, like the chorus is instantly memorable. Um, yeah, it, it came at this time where alternative was starting to look around the room and going, so everybody can't sound like Stone Temple Pilots, right? Yeah. And then the other side being like, well, everybody can't try to be somewhere between Gin Blossoms and Soul Asylum and the Goo Goo Dolls, right? <laughs> and Weezer kind of had a different feel. And I'm trying to think, when did Beck hit? Um, which is a weird question to ask, but I think Beck I think, is a little bit I after feel like this. Loser, I yeah, thought Loser is, was like maybe a little bit before this. Uh, I don't know, man. I think Loser's right in this window. Loser's it's, 94, so yeah, it's the same That's time. what I'm saying. I think Beck... Uh, so that's uh, is that that's is that Mellow Gold? Or, yeah. Yeah, Mellow Gold. Um, that record and this record were these like... Oh, this is for weird malcontents, just like grunge, but maybe it's a little different. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. Um, and so this sort of ended up leaning a little bit more that way, and I thought that was cool. Um, I still, I still like this song. I needed a decade. Same, maybe more, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I like the song. I think it's a good song. Same. Uh, next um, track. Undone the sweater song. Didn't remember that this was the first single. 
I remember that only because this is like, I remember seeing the music video for this and being like, what is this? This is so weird. Cause I actually, I, the, the music video itself was really fun. Yeah. I mean, they had fun music that. videos. They really did. They did really and, well uh, with the music videos. Yeah. And I was, I was in from the first time I heard it. So I only remember that because I bought the CD after I saw this song and then got quickly annoyed by like all the attention around Buddy Holly. Oh yeah. Buddy Holly got, uh, 10 times the attention that this song got. Um, yeah. Really good song. Uh, good chorus. Instantly memorable. Uh, and here's where I want to say this. Lyrically, a step above. Yeah. Um, this is... This is a song pointing at maybe a little bit more what they were doing, what what he goes to do with Pinkerton, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little bit of self-seriousness, a little bit more reflective, and like I'm trying to write songs and you know um whereas we see in other stuff um doing the other thing uh but i i like this song there's there's a strong element of like melodrama and melancholy that super appeals to the teen in all of us and this is right there so definitely uh, like it good forlorn song yeah great song still holds up never got tired of it because it wasn't overplayed same Surfwax America. I think this is the catchiest song on the record. And I like this one a lot. It's just a fun pop song. You think this is the catchiest song on the record? I think it's probably the catchiest song on the record. I disagree. Okay. Um, I think... <sighs> The you take your car to work, I'll take, I'll my, take board. my board. This is Weezer Trope song. Okay. Um, this one and the world is whatever. Um, this is hinting at stuff to come that I don't like, but it's not stuff I don't like because it felt new and it felt really kind of unique and weird. Um, yeah, it's weird and like amateurish enough that. Yes, there you go. Thank you. That was the way to put it. Um, and at this point, like because you have the balance of tracks like Sweater Song, there's this back and forth where it's like, here's this irreverent song. Here's this kind of more like thoughtful song. And I'm good. And I like the balance. And that's kind of where I felt with Weezer was this like, hey, hey we're kind of like dorks and weird, but like. Here's this really well thought out song. And now here's a song where we're kind of more playful. By the Green Album. Uh, it's, you know, a fart joke in my eye. But, um, <laughs> and like, yeah, we're not weird. We're just cool now, man. <laughs> fuck them. Um, fucking Weezer. Um, getting mad thinking about Weezer now, man. Uh, let's. That happens. You think Surf Wax America is catchier than Say It Ain't So? Um, it's because it's more fun. It is more fun. You're not wrong. It's way more fun. Say uh, it ain't so like it's an earworm so for sure, but it's like, so um, my favorite song on the record. Uh, it's one of the, the mega hits. So whatever. Really? Oh yeah, I love this song. I think it's a great right. song. I think the break into "Dear Daddy, I Write You." Yeah, you. I, I think um, great song. The chorus is so memorable right away. Uh, upon listening, uh, Easton was immediately singing along to the "Say It Ain't So." Kind of poorly with the melody, but it was okay. Um, <laughs> He's doing his best. He was doing his best. I, I think. I can't totally like it's it's 
we're dissing rancid a little bit for this. There's some vagary to this, um, to what it's about, but it does have more like this is specifically about something, uh, leaving room for some interpretation, but also what I said at the beginning um, about my name is Jonas. I think this is River's best vocal performance. This and my name is Jonas. You get some range. You get him doing a couple different things, and I think it 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 lands really well here. Like the yeah 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 yeah. Like it's a notable yeah five tuplet. You know what I mean? Like it actually has a lot of personality and is memorable. So yeah, um, yeah, great song, great song. Um, almost played to death. Yeah. But straddled that line. It was somewhere between Sweater Song and Buddy Holly, but uh, I was there for it. I feel like this is the one that you hear more now, too. I think so, too. You know I, what this one so is? Too. A great karaoke song. Oh, was thinking that today. I was like, man, I could. We maybe we'll do that at the uh, Tracks Pod karaoke night. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Uh, in the garage. Pete, this was the deep cut that was a personal favorite that has not aged well. Yeah, I actually feel the same way about it. I still think it's catchy. I still got a place for it in my heart, but yep. yeah, it, it doesn't hit like it used to. Yeah, because I'm not a teenager who needs a like bedroom <laughs> to hide away in. Um, yeah, I feel safe. Like I'm like, no, I sleep in a big bed with my wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Simpsons fans unite. Um, and you're not like, this guy likes comic books too. Exactly right. <laughs> he said Kitty Pride and Nightcrawler. Oh, <laughs> I was so excited. Um, <laughs> Pete, this is a proto green album right here. Yeah. I hate to say it. He's hinting. He's letting us know. He's letting us know. No, like, I can see that. Guys, I might be lame. I might yep. do some dumb shit soon. Don't worry. Yeah, it's coming. Um, and so that's the part. They 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 are signaling to us that, uh, you know, all is not quiet on the Western front of coolness. So, um, yeah. I, I just I just want people to know. I, I If you like the Green Album, I liked in the garage, so I'm I'm at fault as well. <laughs> um, all right, uh, next track, holiday. Holiday, um, I like this one overall. There are parts of it that I don't like much. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's okay. It's fine. I used to like it a lot more than I do. Same, same. It, it's um, it suffers because I, it's a song where I'm like. Oh, I did like this song. And it doesn't hit. Yeah. Is that a unique experience to music, Pete? Like, are there... I bet there's foods that you liked at one point that don't hit now. I think there's foods... I I mean, I get that a lot with books. Oh, that's a great one. Damn, books. You know what? Okay, so this is... Man... I'm thinking about this with food because, you know, snacks and the such. Um, this weird feeling where there's a thing you like. Okay. Whew. Let's talk in search of snacks real quick. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, Pete, but one of the biggest COVID casualties. There was an ingredient shortage mm. that caused uh, the near death of French crellers in the donut marketplace in the United States. I didn't know that. So I can't speak to everywhere, but in our area, in our area, the donut uh, donut places weren't able to get some ingredient that made French crawlers good. Okay. There was there's a donut place I really like. I'm not going to name it, but it is the best donut place in Ocean County. Um, maybe it's called Obco. I don't know. They used to. <laughs> they had French crawler chocolate frosted French crawler donuts. Pete, if I went and they had six, I wanted to buy all six. (laughs) I didn't always buy all six, but it certainly happened. And I don't regret it. There's not not an ounce of me that regrets it. And then something happened, and they went away. And I asked, where are they? They said, oh, we can't get this thing that we needed to make them. Oh. And I left with no donuts. 
<laughs> and I came back probably, you know, 10 days later thinking, okay, that's certainly long enough time. Yeah. They had no donuts. They had no no French crawlers. They had lots of other donuts. No French crawlers. Man. Again, I left with no donuts. This is such a sad story. It gets worse. Because the third time I did go back, probably two weeks later, it had been a long time, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <sighs> they had them, Pete. But they didn't look right. The color was off. Okay. They weren't as they weren't raised as much as they normally would. They didn't have that same kind of fluffy lightness. Just from six feet away, I knew something wasn't right, but but I missed them. I hadn't had them, you know? I wanted them. So I got them. I got three. And even when I first felt that, that first French crawler, I knew something was wrong. Yeah. And then I had a bite, and that was it. It wasn't the same. Fuck. And it hasn't been the same since. They don't even have them now. Oh, man. So, Pete, that's how I feel about this song. <laughs> <laughs> it is a song I liked, and, I, and now it doesn't hit. And it's like, uh. So, there's a weird part where it's like, it's a f- totally serviceable song. And there's a parts of it where I could say, hey, this kind of feels like template um, Weezer song a bit. Uh there's some repetition to it that that kind of is one of their staples, but it's not it's not like a great example of it. So, yeah. I like that like you hadn't seen the crawlers in a while, and then they finally get them, and you're like, I'm not even going to test it. I'm just going to get three. Oh, I you mean, went you went in hard. I like that. Well, dude, <laughs> if they were good, I would have. <laughs> if I would if they were good and I only got one, I would have been yeah. like. All right, flip the car around. Let's go clear the rack. Let's go. Um, yeah. But but I got to be honest. I did not even look. A donut's a donut in a lot of places, right? Like yeah, it could be bad. It's still like you know sugar and chocolate. These French crawlers were so not what I wanted that I had half of that one and didn't even touch the other two. Like it was damn. It was that bad. It was bad it was bad so maybe it's a little harsh for this song that's not what i think of the song but it is that feeling of when there's something you really liked and then you realize like eh, nah not not as much i think we should do an in search of snacks episode at one point on the snacks that we like don't align on oh yeah we should because yo i'm not really much of a donut guy Mm. and i'm generally not even much of a like a sweet guy yeah like that's interesting for me, it's You're just more like, savory, I, yeah. Yeah, I just want like like the sweet. Like I like the sweet, but I'll just take a little taste, and that's all I need, and then I'm good. It's totally cool. You know what I'm I'm about? What's that? I'm about that action. I like it both. I like all of it. <laughs> I love it. Why be a savory or sweet guy when you can be both? True. Um, uh, yeah, we Only should. We'll, we'll, we'll do our our lineup, but uh, yeah, I certainly love donuts. What am I? I'm fucking. I love donuts. Um, but. A bad donut is a bad experience. It's not good. So yeah. let's uh, let's talk about this next last song, the closer. You are Mr. Closer, so start us off only in green. It's a great it, it, closer. I think it's a great closer. Um, wow. It's it, it's long, but it like kind of they 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 really own that length. It kind of breezes by for me. Um, 
this is also very nostalgic because I actually, I just, I remember seeing them play this song at the Stone Pony and it was like kind of this awesome experience with like, like all these punk rock friends of mine, like stage diving. It was really a funny thing. That's really funny. Um, And uh, I don't know. I just, I always like this song. I think it kind of hints at the vibes that they're going for on Pinkerton in a way. Um, it's that kind of, this is, this is actually when you were talking about the, the emo, mm, idea, yes. the idea of e- Weezer being an emo band. Like this is that type of song that could kind of fit that genre. Um, but I don't know. I really, I really like this song. I think it's, you know, again, it's, it's just mostly nostalgia, but it, it still hits for me. So. Uh, good song, no question. Uh, does the quiet loud thing a little bit? Um, yep, a little acerbic, which they really nail on this record, by the way. Just in general, I, I think. think they do. I think they play with it a lot. Um, yeah, they play with it in a lot of different areas. I mean, from first glance, that's this is one of the defining uh, quiet loud records, I think, um, and they do it best here i think and and there's some element of it like newly discovered and they they there's just a twinkling to when they're doing their quiet part that builds the anticipation that it's gonna hit the loud um and you're right this great song great song great closer overall uh a track um i'd be surprised this should probably make their set list now but i um i don't know i can't even consider no, they're too uh, busy should... playing like pork and beans at this point. They're not playing <laughs> fuck, this shit. It's like right. eight minutes of a I'm set. Try- dude. I'm trying to be nice. Fuck. All yeah. right. Um, <laughs> all right. We have Blue Album, the Blue Album. Let's let's give it some, uh, you know, relatively unimportant but germane uh, to our conversation ratings on this record. Let's do it. Holistic quality. How good is this record generally speaking broadly out of 20 i think it's pretty good i'm gonna give it a 15 pete we arrived in the same exact spot 15 uh the highs how high are the highs on this record i kind of wanted to give it a 10 but on the playback i couldn't quite get there but some of this stuff really still hits for me so i'm gonna give it a nine okay i'm giving it an eight because the highs are pretty damn high. Like the highs yeah. are, uh, these are some of the best songs of the nineties and especially in terms of like mainstream music songs for sure. Yeah. Lows. How low are the lows on this record? It gets low, but it doesn't get too low for me still. It just gets kind of cringy and like, yeah. and now with the context of where they went, you kind of have this, perspective on it that you didn't quite have at the time i gave it a five Uh, i gave it a four i I found it hard to really have a hard time with it um the context of where they go from here you could even bump that up but i gave it a four so um competency and peer review how does this compare to its contemporaries and or peers and also to themselves i think this is their best record to me i I think pinkerton's good but the highs of this record are higher than the highs of Pinkerton. I give this a 7 out of 10. I think it's also quite novel in the space it was in. And in terms of bands who hit mainstream success, very few nailed a sound. Never, There were very few bands who tread in the wake of Weezer who succeeded beyond a indie rock level. There weren't other geek rock bands that surpassed Weezer, Bob? Um, apparently not. Not given the lack of geek rock knowledge to uh, both of us, I, I, I can't uh, I can't say there have been. Um, no, I'm with you on most of that. Um, I waver between this and Pinkerton. I think that yeah. I think Pinkerton has a lot of the like where he stretches his vocals and stuff. He he does a lot of that on Pinkerton. Um, like he really goes for it. I the- I have this really big warm spot for Pinkerton, but did a deep dive on it. No spoilers too much, but I was left going, huh? Yeah. I think I love Pinkerton, the concept, and there's a couple tracks for sure, for sure. But overall, there was more. Yeah, this is pretty good than hits to me. Sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, there's moments, but yeah, yeah we'll get into it someday, maybe. Um, yes. Uh, competency, I gave it an eight. It just it feels really novel for the time. Absolutely. So that that's the same thing. Um, drag factor out of ten. Does this record drag to you? I don't think it drags very much at all. I gave it a seven. <laughs> same seven. <laughs> same reasons. It doesn't drag. Uh, this record is only forty-one minutes long. Ten songs seems like oh okay, but if you clip the longest song, which is eight minutes, we're talking about nine songs in thirty-three minutes. That's pretty good. Yeah. Even their longer songs, Say It Ain't So is 418. That's not a song that's too long to me. Sweater Song, Undone, is five minutes long. Doesn't feel like five minutes long. Good for them. Yeah. Um, Flow, out of 10. How well does this song, does this record flow together? I think it flows pretty well. Um so I gave it a seven. I mean, it's like the, the flow doesn't like punch me in the face. There are certain songs that are kind of back to back that I think work really well. Yep. But yeah, I don't know. Seven. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. I gave it a six. Same thing. I think it's good. Nothing. Very little. That's like, uh, Oh wow. This is remarkable. But, um, also nothing that was like, "Mm, this just feels like songs thrown together. So, um, aesthetic, uh, the look and feel of this record and how that impacts the overall experience. I gave it a seven. Um, if I have it isolated, I, I like how weird this record is. Uh, sort yeah. of reminds me of um, that one Sonic Youth record, kind of. But also, like if you look at it for too long, it, you realize how alien and weird it is. It's just a really... like the way that they're all cut out on this in a mid nineties graphic design way is, is uh, we'll just say not great, um, but it feels good. And this was a super identifiable record. If you saw this record, you knew exactly what it was. So yeah, I gave it, it what did I say? Did I say it? I gave this a, uh, I gave this a seven. Yeah. Um, I gave it an eight similar reasons. I mean, it feels like a statement and I love, it still feels so kind of uncomfortable and strange. Yes. Yes. Which is I kind lo- of the I, energy you want from the record in the music. So it synchronizes. Yeah, I like that. And and you're totally right. I mean, if to the point with the green album, if you even look at just the way that they're positioned on that compared to this, it's like worlds apart. Oh, that's the self parody element. Fuck. Yeah. Don't talk about the green album too much. This is going to knock down my score here. Um, <laughs> impact and influence out of 10. Uh, I give it an 8 out of 10 um, because I think it it's said to the post-grunge world like, hey, we're st- we still got some avenues and roads to pave here. We still got some places to explore musically. And as discussed, um, there were multiple, you know, independent music worlds that I'm not saying Weezer bent the sound, but there was definitely some, some like, Ooh, we can take cues from what these guys were doing and apply them to our existing sound and do something kind of unique. So, uh, I gave it an eight out of 10. I feel that I gave it a seven similar reasons. Cool. And intangibles, etc. I gave it a seven. Um, <sighs> There certainly was a time where I would have put it significantly higher and I am detaching the baggage of the Green Album and beyond because uh, because I don't listen to a lot of terrestrial radio at this point. I can't tell you whether Weezer's played, but having to hear those songs made it hard to like Weezer for several years. And I don't have that. So I can comfortably say I'm a fan of Weezer, the Blue Album. The Africa cover did pretty good on the radio. Um, but, uh, intangibles, I'm going to give it an eight similar reasons. I feel really warm towards this record still, even though some of it is a little cringy and just kind of just like there, it's not for me anymore. It's just like it, it was very much for me as a teenager and it's just not really anymore, but, uh, I like it. It brings me back to a time. So, so my total Pete is 69 and that feels nice just right i got a 73 yeah it seems right um you own this record i do 
I don't. I got it. I don't. If I ever saw it used, I'd buy it. Okay. Yeah, this is... Uh, give me a cool used copy. I'll buy this record. It's cool. Cool. Like the hits. Enjoy it. Enjoy the day. Everybody, the 90s. What a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.